Not everything metal was created equal. What an ugly thing to say. The Metal Sucks Podcast. Shiggity Chuck and Godless attempt to bring order to chaos or just make stupid jokes about dumb people. Stupid. A person below normal intelligence. This is the Metal Sucks Podcast. Greetings and salutations, my fine metal friends. Welcome to another edition of the Metal Sucks Podcast. How you doing? I'm Chuck. I'm Godless. And this is your weekly examination of all things metal, the Metal Sucks Podcast. Uh, make sure that you are subscribed to us and all that good stuff on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasting stuff. Leave a review. You can uh, do that. You can uh, give us a couple of stars, review it, whatever. Make sure you tell a friend about it, what, uh, tweet it. Uh, you know, you Share. can do all that stuff. I'm at Bearded Ape on Twitter, by the way. I am at Godless Speaks and GodlessSpeaks.com. So hook up with us and, uh, you know, we can chat. We can have fun. You never know. There's all kinds of fun stuff we can talk about like andy you know he t- he tweets us we got his uh, speak pipe on last week good question by the way good topic so starter. good so, so good and you know it's so cool because we got like a, a handful of really great uh speak pipes afterwards and we'll get them we'll get them we'll get them so good i love that but i love this, speak pipes so. i know me too i love hearing from listeners especially uh you, you know the, the 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 ones that are really insightful with good stuff to to try to for us to hash out which is really awesome this week we got to try to hash out what the best records of uh, of 2015 are. So that's going to take a little bit of time. Yeah, nobody asked us, <laughs> but we needed to talk about it. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, okay, so it, it's interesting because I was reading the comments on our post, right? Because uh, Metal Sucks did all the contributors; they they did their best of so far. And you know, I was reading the comments on ours, and they're like, "What about this? What about that? How come this? You put that above this? You put that above that?" And and I get that. I I get some of that stuff, but gotta understand where we are coming from when when these lists were made and i, and I thought there were like rules and shit and apparently there weren't any fucking rules so <laughs> i thought and before but chuck before we dive into that we've got an interview this episode. oh that's right that's right who <laughs> dennis from refused i'm not even oh gonna try his last name god yeah no i'm not trying either i've never oh been able my to do it god so good He's such a good dude oh. man and uh and dude the new refused if you have not checked out the new refused record it comes out uh, i think today when this podcast drops you need to check out the new refused record because oh i don't know God. how the fuck they pulled that shit off in doing an album that is that good 17 years from the old one i have no idea there's it's it's so it, you know there are like just a handful of albums that are like my go-to albums and a lot of those like go-to albums were albums that like took years to kind of like just grow into my system you know what i mean mm-hmm. you know like, like voivod's nothing face took like four years before i actually liked it yeah. and then another four before it became like you know i um i had to have it all the time um but like you know, this album is one of those few that, like, on the first time I, I mean, really, Electra is track one. And that song is so amazingly awesome and so angular and so freaking great. And it's just like the, the album doesn't come down from that. It's just one great song after another. And I know that this is going to be one of those albums that I'm just, it's going to be my go, another go to. And I'm so thankful for that. It's so, it's so great. When I was, I just had this thought in my head just recently about how I was thinking about the idea of the death of content and how, you know, nobody, you know, why create content that nobody values? 
You know what I mean? Because like, you know, everybody's complaining about you put your song up on Spotify and nobody's paying for it and you put your movie up on and, and you spend Gets millions of dollars and, doing it. Yeah. yeah, people pirate it. And so nobody values what you do. So if if there's no value to what you do, then why do it? And then then it sort of leads to, well, all right, well then maybe everything that's already been done is good enough. Right? Mm. But then there's the new refused album. <laughs> That's worth buying five times, ten times. You know, it's just, it's an Sir, album that, oh, so good. You just made me question why we're doing this podcast. Why are we even <laughs> doing this? I don't even know why. I just give it up now. I can't do we, it we, anymore. We, we got to set up one of those, like, what's that uh, crowdfunding thing where everybody yeah, gives right? us a dollar every time we do something. Yeah, yeah. except for, when, <laughs> trust me, that's always fun until you get like $5. It turns out to be like that really bad crowdfunding campaign. It's like, oh, now we're Dude, sad. it's five bucks more than what we're making now. <laughs> See, you're looking on the positive side over there, the optimist. I'm the glass half empty guy over here. So, but no, I mean, I think of Shape of Punk to Come, Shape of Punk to Come, as one of those records that kind of started me back into metal again because that came out at a time when I was knee deep in indie music and college radio and thought metal was dead and blah, 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 blah. I just didn't hear anything that I gave a shit about that much. And then that album came out and really started to started the, the climb back again. And then, of course, they were just gone. And when I got to see Refused in 2012 and it was like, oh, my God, it was, it was like 1998 again. It was really insane. So hearing this record, it's sort of this strange kind of harbinger of what was. But then at the same time, it's so fresh and kind of new. That's how advanced that band actually is, which is what's really cool about Refused. They've just been ahead of their time for so long that that they're still ahead of their time. It's fucking crazy. It's like, I don't know. How, I don't know how the hell they pull that off. And it's funny because I never paid attention to the refuse. I feel really? bad about it now, big time, because like for me, it was all about quicksand and, you know, a few other of these sort of like, you know, New York hardcore stuff and, you know, things like that. And I, I still love my minor threat, you know, yeah. but I never really gave refused a chance until like just a few years ago people were started talking about it and i go all right let's do it and then new noise was all i needed to hear so like one of the you know that's like one of the greatest songs well, that's ever been created you know i just was I, it always it always pissed me off when i would hear new noise used in a football movie because i'm like you you fuckers didn't listen to that goddamn album <laughs> i've whatever, never seen it in a football whatever, movie it's in it's in the the replacements or whatever it's in that keanu that shitty right? keanu reeves football movie i think i think that's oh. the one <laughs> Yeah, um, but I'm, I'm, there are two two people I refuse to go see in the movies: Julia Roberts and Keanu Reeves. I just refuse. <laughs> you put them together, it. and it opens up a wormhole. Uh, Keanu Reeves has to be part of an ensemble whoa. cast. If he's part of an ensemble cast, it will be brilliant. You know, the uh, Matrix, what was that? Parenthood, Matrix. You know, like yeah. Uh, uh, oh shoot! There's like one or two others that you know. There's like 15 stars in the cast. It's gonna be great. Him on his own? Uh, I don't. I don't. Freak, no way. Devil's no advocate. Way. Fuck. Uh, no. <laughs> no. 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 All right. We got to talk about our our best of man. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Totally. But, but see, it wasn't on our list. But I. I mean, for me. I mean, it's just, it's not, it's not even right now. It's, this is my surgical steel. Okay. Well, <laughs> the well, new refuse. What I was saying, I didn't even get on the list because I haven't heard it yet. Well, what I was list. saying about rules, right? You know, the, and, that, and that was the thing is like, I assume that there were a couple of rules here because if you look at the list, they're in alphabetical order, first off. Uh, so right. it's not like top to bottom or anything like that. So that, that's, that's the way it's, they're supposed to be. I thought we were only supposed to do 10. Uh, I didn't have a whole lot more than 10. 
honestly. But uh, but then also, like, I noticed a lot of other people had put albums that weren't even out yet on their list. I was like, well, wait a minute. I thought this was supposed to be shit that was already out. Not shit that we had heard, because uh, there's, a, there's like three or four albums that I've heard that weren't on my list, but they weren't out, so I didn't want to put them That's on That's them just you know. acting cool. That's all that is. Uh, because the, no think about it because i mean really the only reason that you put albums on a list of the best of the year so far that people reading that list cannot acquire is because you're trying really really hard to let everybody know how much cooler than them you are well technically because, i'm sure you could acquire it somehow there's got to be a your, way bro your list your list is supposed to be a service to the people who visit metalsucks.net. And well, that's the way I took this on. I well, took this your on list as is a service to my community. I don't know. Your list is not really a service. I've looked at some of the shit on your list, and, it, <laughs> and I've listened to a lot of it, and it's not that much of a service. It's actually sort of, um, yeah, you, you're punishing people, I think is what no you're doing. No way, dude. Yeah. There's some really mm-hmm. good albums on here that, that should have been on everybody's Sorry, list. Sorry, that Coliseum record should not be on anybody's list. I don't give a dude, shit. Dude, that Coliseum record's great. Oh, my God. Blow a house over that oh, album no, so good no i love that i used to love that band let me just say that and and i can't get into their new stuff i've just ne- i haven't been able to do it but you know no, see granted they should not have shot a music video inside a warehouse i will agree with that <laughs> are there picture are there are there uh, promo pictures uh, against a brick wall maybe on a train track or something <laughs> not yet <laughs> i'm sure they're coming but yeah. what i'm saying is that 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 uh the album itself is is it's a really solid record from beginning to end mm. that first single that they put out i forget the name of it was freaking awesome i i mean i i don't know if the album will make it to the end of the year that's sort of like part of my sort of angst about my list so far this year is that there's only maybe two or three albums that i think are going to make it to the end but coliseum is going to come close i love that album because if you if you do a top 10 or a top 20 uh and what i was saying what i'm kind of getting at is is that right now i think in the month of july we're about to see some of the best records come out of the year whether it's refused or my my personal favorite is between the bear to me right now uh i th- since i put this list together the new liar is murder is is pretty damn brilliant you know i love the new failure which is, may not be the most heavy metal thing i've heard in a long time but it's it's a freaking great record you know a lot of stuff that's come uh cattle decapitation's coming we got uh black dahlia murder that's coming out Dude, soon you're not, you, you know, haven't even mentioned the new lamb of god oh, man who oh slayer freaking lamb of awesome. god you know there, there's wow. a there's a couple albums that are coming out that are going to be pretty badass so that's you know when it comes down to the end of the year we're, we're kind of going to be fucked trying to figure out what's going to be the top 20 you know because yeah. yeah. I really think I'm looking at my list and I'm going, well, I know at least five that have to be on there, you know, that, that I'm that I still am spinning right now, you know, and these are albums that, you know, like Periphery and Silosis and Vela Maya, those, you know, Periphery and Silosis came out in January, right? Like the early yeah. of the year. And I'm still listening to that shit. You know, Psychroptic was right behind it. And so was uh, Vela Maya. Like, like all those albums were early in the year. So it's like, well. No, Valamaya is pretty recent, but 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 oh, that's right, yeah, yeah. yeah. But but I mean, it's uh, dude, or even Napalm Death's album, you know, that was February, something like that, January, February. So I mean, I had to check because I thought that it came out in like in December. You know, I was like, whoa, (laughs) really? It's 2015. You know, it's and that's another amazing. I mean, that that is to me the best Napalm Death album since Utopia Banished. Mm, i would uh it's a that's a bold statement right there it is. i love that because <laughs> i do like smear campaign i do like some of that stuff that they've done 
but I think this is probably one of them. It has some of the most interesting vocal stuff that they've ever done on their new album uh, I, since since Utopia Banished. But I mean, I would say I would say that this is. I don't know. The, you can't say that it's not the closest thing to what they are because that's what they are right now. Because that's how Napalm Death really is. Uh, you know, they just sort of exist where they're at at that point. I they're have no growing. idea what you're saying, but it sounds I rather know, existential. I don't know, dude. It's crazy, man. I don't know. So yeah, but I mean, we I had an interview. I, I couldn't. I, I didn't ask Dennis from Refused about whether it was him because I couldn't tell in the interview if it was him or somebody else in the band. But they were talking about their introduction to punk was when they traded their Napalm Death LP for a Youth of Today LP from a friend, and I'm like, oh my god, because I think I did like the opposite. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I was like the buddy who traded off the Youth of Today. Yeah, he traded Napalm, it to yeah. you, yeah. Uh, hell yeah. <laughs> now, I mean, there's some differences we have on here because some of this stuff, um, you. Know, you know, I I had not really spent a lot of time with the uh, Pyramids record, and that's one that you were swearing up and down about. That I love that album, yeah. Yeah, and uh, I, same thing with Marriages, and also I think um, oh, what was the other one on your list that was sort of oh the Sigh. Oh God, I can't get behind the Sigh. We'll talk about that here in a minute. I, I think we're gonna play a song from that. That one, and I dude, and I've gotten people requesting that shit on my show on No Control Radio, and it's yes. like. Ugh, I just can't yeah, get. By, I can't get behind it. You should. I, I can't. I can't. No, but the pyramids is really great because it's. I mean, I still believe that like some of the most impressively awesome stuff that's going on in metal right now is coming from these uh, bands that have got new takes on black metal, and 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 I I think it's I think it's just awesome. I mean, the discussion that happened with uh, Rhombus versus Sergeant D and Max from Gear Gods, you know, it, it was like it could be, could have become a topic unto itself, you know, just like you know w- when you talk about. Uh, musicians and musicianship and how that affects songs and 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 at a certain point i think that uh, you know i agree with everybody in one way or another but i think that what also is cool about metal is the fact that atmosphere has a lot to do with what's coming out and i think that the atmosphere that pyramids have created on their album is incredibly dark and incredibly original and i really really dig it I don't know. I feel like it's to to me. I because because if I'm remembering correctly, pyramids is like the is like the the black metal. It's sort of um oh what's that damn band with the uh, I hate to compare bands to bands, but it's one of those things that that it helps me put it in perspective. Um, the band with the pink cover. Um, Def Heaven. Def Heaven. It's uh, sort of in that in that grain, right? So it's sort of a like like major chord black metal, right? I guess you could say that. I mean, I don't know whether chords major or minor or whatever, but yeah, I mean, but you know, I still think that Def Heaven, first of all, one of the best live performances that I saw last year, but beyond that, one of the most amazing uh, and interesting bands in the metal genre right now. And I'm mm. glad that they're seeing the equivalent amount of success. I don't know, man. It's, it's one of those things. I just have trouble with it because uh, the, to me, it's that, um, anything derivative is not is not the original at this point you know so it's um when you're looking at shoegaze black metal it's all kind of boring to me at this point i don't know why because the band that got me into that sort of style was wolves in the throne room and if it's not that then sorry and i know that's not like that's not real but it's like the reason the same reason like power metal and i have trouble because i love iron maiden and if it's if it's like everything sounds like they're trying to be iron maiden it's like well sorry you're not iron maiden 
So, <laughs> all right. Well, speaking of that, that Kiskin Somerville album that I've got on my list, nobody else has on their list. It's the original singer from Halloween with with a hot chick, and it's it's such a good record. It's a great power metal record, and and that's like was like one of my New Year's resolutions this year was like if I couldn't like. You know, I'm still like trying to to keep on trying that folk metal thing, you know, and trying to find some good fits. And you know, some of it I'm finding interesting, but I got to work at it. And power metal, you know, like for me, Iron Maiden. Yeah, I liked Iron Maiden, but I was never a diehard Maiden fan. I don't. I think I owned like Can I Play with Madness on a T-shirt, and that's about it. I had one Iron Maiden T-shirt. That is not an Iron Maiden fan. No, <laughs> not made on one Iron Maiden. You are t-shirt. not an Iron Maiden fan. They're they're great, but you know, it's sort of like power metal's never been my thing. But that Kiskin Somerville record, I really dig it. It will not make my end of year list. Looking but at the, it is a, there's not a power awesome. metal record in my list at all. Not, yeah, exactly. not nowhere close. Not nothing. Nothing yeah. even. No, didn't even glance at the only thing that got kind of uh, maybe a little bit of hardcore sort sort of sound there with the gallows and the crown. That's I mean, if you want to include that in there a little bit, but otherwise, it's a lot of death metal. A lot of death metal and a lot of uh, metal, well, I guess in periphery and Vale of Maya is not. Uh, I hate to use the gent term, but I guess it is sort of gentish. Silosis, psychroptic. Yeah, there's sort of the same grain. What's the trend well, though? Think, is there is there like see, a trend out of this though? Like, what's the that's thing? What, that's what I was going to bring up. Is sort of the thing I brought up in my description was this idea of like young versus new. You know, it just seems like uh, the first half of the, this year has been all about. You know, I won't say that they're legacy bands, but bands like enslaved or napalm death who have been doing this for a long time putting out really great albums mm-hmm. granted enslaved's new album is nowhere near as good as reeter was but you know still a very very good album and then you've got you know these new ish bands you know the vale of mayas and and uh and such that are 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 putting out really really exciting stuff and it's sort of like where's the bands in between and i guess the bands in between are putting out their albums in the back half of the year because exactly. that lama those two tracks that lama gotta put out so far are freaking great yeah. i mean they're just freaking great i was watching um metal sucks earlier uh last week put up uh footage pro shot footage from uh hellfest yeah. of lama god and when when they played 512 i mean it was like i got chills yeah. i mean that is like it, it it almost reminded me of um uh the devil and i by slipknot which to me is the second greatest slipknot song ever and it's a new one that's crazy and mm-hmm. and for, to me like uh 512 off the new uh, lamb of god is is m- possibly top two top three greatest lamb of songs ever i i lamb of god songs ever i can't wait for their album it's gonna be so good i don't know when i look at people's lists though i i i keep trying to I'm, i keep trying to like parse it out right i want I want to put it in a, I'm, I'm suddenly i'm turning into you i want to put it in a spreadsheet and i want to see how this <laughs> like how okay this is death metal okay this is uh gent this is this okay so where what what which which direction are we going like what are the things that are hot and it's like everything is hot you know like there's there's no one thing that says bam this is what style is in right now you know what i mean it's and for for a couple of years it was doom for a couple of years it was gent now it seems like it's it's really sort of spread everywhere and yeah, i don't and you don't even have marriages on your list man that album's freaking awesome well, and you, i mean but it's barely metal you know what i mean yeah. it's just barely metal 
and it's uh, and hell, it's going to make more alternative lists and it's going to make metal lists. That's my that. that's that's failure on my going to be failure on my end of the yeah, year. List, yeah, yeah, so. oh, totally. And that those songs are really good that they've put out so far mm-hmm. too. I mean, I totally dig that stuff, but. Right. Oh, all right so let, let me pull one off of my list here and and play one that i think is probably representative and i don't know if this is going to make the top 10 at the end of the year but i really really dig this album and then we'll play one off of your list uh that that i hate and we'll talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> we kind of both the, can agree about paradise lost though right absolutely i hadn't heard the album when i made the list and this th- this is I keep on saying that, like, I, the thing that I spin by Paradise Lost is their greatest hits collection, and and to me it feels disjointed. It yeah. feels like it. It's incredibly representative of their their career because, like, Paradise Lost to me, like the name fit they were lost they could never find their sound they never found their own personality this new album they found it they found it it's better than their greatest hits collection yeah the plague within is the name of the new record or the latest record from paradise lost let's do a song called no hope inside on the metal sucks podcast
to the Metal Sucks Podcast today.
Record that was on Godless's list, but not on mine. The new Psy right there. Uh, Grave Word is the name of the record. That one was... What's the name of that song? Uh, it's Casket Burner. Casket oh. Burner. I think you're a racist, man. <laughs> every time... Because I don't time, like saxophone? Because, because you... When was the last time you had an Asian group on any best of list that you've ever <sighs> created? Baby Metal, maybe? <laughs> Oh, that doesn't even count. <laughs> what do you mean it doesn't count? <laughs> totally doesn't count. <laughs> oh, come on. Just because it's pre-made doesn't mean it's not Asian. Come on. Jeez. Let's see how it is. Oh, my God. I love that. That Psy album is so good. And they're, they're, I, you know, they're, they're one of those bands that are so important to black metal history. And they've been relegated to a footnote on, uh, in the, in, in the Western world. And it's really too bad because, you know, to me, they're, doing more interesting black metal now than most most people half their age uh this this bungle-esque mr bungle-esque you know take on black metal that they're doing on the new album doesn't happen on every track by any stretch but um uh casket burners are a really great example of it and and i man I, I just dig that i just love the way that they're able to it i can't tell if their tongue is in their cheek or not and i don't care it's it's just great you see know? and i don't care the other way like, like it sort of <laughs> makes me go well Eh, eh, whatever. Oh well, I don't know. I just, I it just, it. it just doesn't touch me. I don't know. And I listened to it. Like I remember, you requested it at one point to play on my show, and I was like, wait a minute, flatly ignored. I'm like, dude, I listened <laughs> to this. I was like, why? That why? This is not on my radar for a reason. Why? Why am I not? And I went back and listened to it again. And I was like, no. And the, <laughs> so he's like, dude, did you really listen to it, though? I'm like, yeah, let me listen to it again. I'll listen to it again. And I still was like, mm, sorry. But, but see, this is the thing is everybody goes like, oh, well, why do these bands not take any chances? Why do they not do anything original or anything interesting? And it's like, well, because when a band like Psy does something awesome, original, and interesting – People go, eh, I don't get it. Well, they no, move on. I mean, it's like, well, you should be. We should be celebrating, if nothing else, celebrating the fact that they're trying. Yeah, but if it sucks, I don't. I mean, I can't get behind it. But it doesn't you know? suck. That's the I cool mean, thing about this one. To me, I don't think it. I, I it, It's not my thing. It has nothing I, I to do with the fact that it's something different. I'm totally behind that. And totally behind interesting new things, trying new instrumentations, trying whatever, doing this or that, or adding these sort of layers and doing. I'm totally behind all that. I just don't get that record. Like it does, it's not, it doesn't, does not grab me at all. See, and then it's like, you know, like, like Byzantine and noise. I'm like, okay, okay. You know, all the respect in the world to those guys and what they're doing. But those albums to me don't sound like they're even trying to push an envelope. Hmm. And I would so much rather, if I'm going to throw something on, I'm going to throw on something that's going to challenge me, or it's going to be something that's just got a hook so good that I can't, it can't be denied. You got to re-listen to Blossoming Decay. Noisem is actually really, really good, <laughs> but uh, but also you know, I mean th- that's also too where where what I want. Like it's it's all it's kind of also where I'm at as far as like what I want. 
you know, I'm, I'm, I'm ready for some death metal and I'm ready for something interesting to happen in death metal because I really want death metal to sort of be, become something, but not, not go too far. That's why I'm like really excited for the new cattle decapitation. You know, I'm really excited for some of these other bands to sort of branch out a little bit and do something different with death metal. But that's what I really want to hear right now. So when I hear stuff that's even farther off the beaten path, like, you know, when it gets into the power metal, when it gets into the folk metal, when it gets into some of that other too far, it's just not where I'm at right now. You know, so I don't know. It's just kind of one of those things. Where I am, Necro Goblicon. You don't. What do you think, dude? I'm in. I'm so far. So far, I'm in. Like, like I'm. I'm into this one more than I was the last album. So, you know, so far, so good with that. With that new record, but you know, one that we could both can agree on is the new Refused. Holy Jeebus! Ah, the new record is called Freedom, and it is goddamn awesome. Did I resist? Like, did I pander to him too much? Did I get like? Did I get grovelly? Was I pretty good about that this time? you're pretty good no no i, I think I, a little bit towards the end right yeah but but no i think overall I, I think overall we didn't kiss ass too much and i was trying not to be fanboyish because i really yeah. really yeah i mean you remember when they played fun 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 fest i was totally yeah. like squealing like a girl because yeah. i love that band and so i was trying to be really really normal at least trying <laughs> no, i still can't pronounce his last name <laughs> sorry dennis <laughs> but we appreciate you coming on the show dennis from refused on the metal sucks podcast Hello. How are you doing? Hey. Oh, man. I'm fine. How are you? I'm doing great. Doing great. Great to talk to you, man. <laughs> Dennis, hey, this is godless. So, do we become who we're meant to be, or 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 do we become like just sort of like an uh, an idealized version of who we wanted to become? You know what I mean? I know what you mean exactly. I think it's tricky. I think in a world where I think humans, uh, in general, are more uh, we're not a thinking sort of um, collective. We're more a copying collective. I think in a lot of times people become what they think they're supposed to become. If that makes sense. You look at the cultural and sort of social economical aspects of life, and then you copy others, and you see, okay, that's how I'm supposed to behave when I'm 42 years old, and that's how I'm supposed to be, you know, to be a successful person. So I think that's what we become just. To a, to a large extent. And you guys were rebelling against that, and I assume you're still rebelling against that. Yes. It's a trickier. I mean, when you're a young person, it's expected, you know? You're supposed to be a rebel. You're supposed to be in opposition. And, and when you're 40 plus, it's, it's not that uh, clear cut anymore. It's, it's a bit more difficult. I mean, I've always, in my life, I always just try to do stuff my own way and try to do stuff for my own um, sort of gratification. And I mean, it, it is a way of uh, trying to sort of stay on the outside. I think when I was young, I was more of, uh, you know, you're, you're on the outside looking in. And as I grow older, I'm more interested in being on the outside looking out, which is, uh, I, I actually make, uh, you know, efforts and attempts to be that way, you know. <laughs> so how do you combat that type of conformity? I mean, is it is it something you physically make an effort to try to to try to counteract or is it just an attitude 
No, I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, first of all, yes, it's an attitude because, I mean, you grew up as, I, I, I grew up as an, I was one of those kids when I was six years old when I became self-conscious. I felt like an outsider. I felt like a freak. And I was like, what the hell is wrong with people? And uh, then when I discovered, I mean, music, first metal and then punk rock music, I was like, this is sort of a, a place that sort of explains why I feel alienated, feel like an outsider. But as you grow, I mean, I mean that, that the importance of, you know, that youth rebellion is not that important anymore. But it definitely defines you as a person. But then as I've grown older, I, uh, I, I actually do take steps to not fall into the easy trappings of uh, adulthood, so to speak. <laughs> the, and, and and with music you still find and, and any art i mean I, that's one of the great things about art is when you're you you hear or see something in which you can kind of relate to yeah i mean that's 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 the beauty of of any type of art you know and also something you can relate to but also something that you can sort of define you can define it the way you want it to be defined i think that's the beauty of art and i think that's the also sometimes the frustration of being in a rock band or, or a band that you have these ideas that you want to p- portray to people and then someone just decides, yeah, I don't like that. I like this aspect of your band. And I'm like, I didn't even know that was an aspect of my band. And <laughs> I love that about music. And it, it still makes me very excited. I still, I'm one of those guys that, in all honesty, like I try to find a, a song that gets me excited that I never heard, at least one song a day. I try to find a song that I never heard that gets me very excited. Are you successful song of the day? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was like, what's, I'm a, yeah, what's <laughs> the song of the day? Or I, want, I want your Spotify list. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> yeah, but that's the thing. I don't have Spotify. I just, I'm a vinyl collector. I'm, I have like 9,000 LPs. That's why I try to find every day I put on a record that I haven't heard in a while or I put on a record I never heard and then I'll be like, memorize, oh, you know, song number five on that record was really awesome and then you, you put up in your uh, your own spotify playlist it in my brain and then when the internet shuts down everybody will be coming to me to listen to music that's gonna be fantastic <laughs> well, you know you, you talk about like like you know so much about the youth as being like against something and and certainly that was such a huge uh, part of what the re- refused were were about uh, w- during its first incarnation, uh, but I think that its success now is because you guys actually stood for something that meant something, not just against pop and against you know uh, 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 conformity. Yeah, I mean, it's. I think it's important. It's it's tricky because punk rock, in its essence, it's very uh, against type of music it's like fuck the bullies fuck the system you know fuck the mods or whatever you want to you know fuck and then and uh so it's, it's i think it's good to sit down sometimes and defy what are you for what do you want what's your stance on on like you know the world and and what do you want to accomplish with things it's easy to be i mean at, at to a certain extent i think that a certain uh destructiveness is very creative and a certain, like, uh, you know, that sort of attitude I still like. But it, it is important to sort of have an idea about what you want to represent. And, I mean, I think refused. we want to be an intelligent, radical, ideas type of band. I mean, ideas as far as, you know, both the, the, the lyrical content, but also the musical output that, that 
it's ideas. We have all these ideas and we present them to people. And I think that's, a, that's an important aspect of our band. And that was an important aspect of our band. When we were younger, even, when we were younger, it was more... Uh, it was a bit more fuck you kind of attitude, though. <laughs> well, I mean, when you, when you think about it, it's like everybody in their 20s is a lot more destructive and chaotic and, you know, trying to organize yeah. their thoughts and feelings and put it all together in one shape or form. And, you know, you, you hopefully you mature and be able to kind of define that a little bit when, you, when you're when you in your 30s and getting in your 40s and so on, right? Yeah, I, I think that's, I mean, it's one of those things. When I was a young punk, I was fucking unbearable. I was fighting against everyone all the time that's that's the kind of guy i was i was fighting with people in the band and i was fighting with everyone i met it was like an issue you know and as you grow older you like you learn to pick your battles you learn to sort of focus on it's the, you know like you 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 go into social social situation and people start talking and you have to when i was a young punk i was like i'll i'll go straight in, straight into the conversation and i you know i was that asshole guy and now when i'm older i i assess the situation i'm like no nah, this is not going to be worth my time and uh, you sort of learn to pick your battles which i think is uh, it's been good for me because <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you can't be adversarial all the time right i mean it, it, no, it, it gets old for you and it gets old for everybody else right yeah, and it, it's so energy draining to be that angry the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, are you the only one in the band who's kind of undergone that? Because I think you guys all had that same sort of leadership and drive w when you guys started Refused. No, I think we all, I mean, one of the reasons that we, we were even able to come back and reunite is because we all un underwent a, a sort of a, self-assessment david used to be complete asshole he was like the asshole guy like when refused what <laughs> touring like dennis is nice david's kind of the asshole guy and uh now he's like the nice guy he's like the social one he he <laughs> will went through her like a pretty huge personal transformation and uh now he's a super mellow super nice and very reasonable type of person and uh, back, I mean, you can still be an asshole, you know, when, when, you're, when you've been friends for 20 plus years, you know, you, you know everyone's bad sides as well. But and I think just the fact that we all sort of looked at our lives and be like, all right, what, why, why is this happening? Why am I this kind of person? I think that made the reunion possible because we could relate to each other. We could talk and, and I mean, now it's like, to write new songs you have to sort of check your ego at the door in the 90s i think everybody in the band wanted to be the band leader everybody in the band wanted to be like the front person like they wanted to be like i'm that guy you know and now it's it's not like that it's it's about trying to have a band and try to do it together you know i mean would you say that's what made what made you guys sort of implode in the late 90s was was that sort of struggle that you guys were having interpersonally yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, I mean, you have these four very strong-willed characters, and uh, you know, Chris and David are working on riffs for hours on end. And I walk up to the practice space. I'm like, I don't care about the riffs. Music is only a vehicle for the revolution. And I walk out, and they're like, Fuck <laughs> and then you know, someone someone says, you know, I'm 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 holding all these fucking fiery speeches between the songs, and someone says, "Yeah, I don't like it when you say that. I just want to rock out." And I'm like, "Fuck that guy!" 
And um, <laughs> yeah, so it was it was tricky. <laughs> it was hard to. To, to keep that shit together, you know. <laughs> well, I was going to say, it wasn't quite that way when I saw you guys in 2012 at uh, Fun 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 Fest. Yeah. You guys are very happy to be there. And it was, it, yeah. it was a much different vibe than the I, I than just before. feel bad because it sounds like such a serious van, but like now, like in retrospect, it seems like it would be a great situation comedy, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, there could be a... Super weird sitcom about our lives because we were fucking crazy people. I mean, I mean that's the thing. I mean, we're still crazy people. Like if you if you hang out with us, we are crazy people. We're like the legit kind of insane people. But we also learn how to harness that energy and be like grateful for what we got and and sort of understand the complexities of relationships. I mean, one of the things also why we imploded in the nineties was we couldn't talk to each other. Yeah. You, someone was upset and everybody else just like, yeah, Dennis seems real pissed today. I'm just going to not say anything to him about it. And then, you know, uh, as that builds up over a year or two and, and finally, you know, it, you explode and things implode. And now there's been a lot of talking. There's been a lot of how do you feel about this? And it's been good for us. <laughs> it sounds yeah. way more boring than than the old guys, but it's, you know, the the young guys, I mean. Uh, but it's also like it, it is. We have to talk about shit and we have to sort out shit because we want to be a band. We don't want to break up in like three months because um, you know, I said something very inappropriate or something. Yeah. It's, it's funny because like you know, like I had I had seen the the documentary that you guys had made about the demise of of the band, and it it was interesting like seeing it now. Uh, after the union, because there was so much uh, in the documentary about sort of the the you know how you guys have gone from fifty shows to uh, I'm sorry fifty people in the audience to six hundred in the audience, and you felt like it's only going to get bigger. You know, we're going to topple the entire industry. You know, and now it almost feels like a to me like almost like a vindication of that very plan. You know, yeah, but I, the thing is, for, in my mind. I, I never had that type of plan. I mean, you have to realize that when Shape of Punk to Come came out, as, as stated in the documentary, it was kind of a failure. Like the hardcore scene, I mean, we sort of peaked when we toured uh, in Europe around uh, Songs to Found the Flames of Discontent. And then Shape of Punk to Come came out and all the punks were just like, fuck these pretentious assholes. What are they doing? You know, I just want to hear some hardcore riffage. And, and uh, we broke up in our minds thinking that that was kind of a failure. We put out a record that no one really liked. And then, you know, yes, there's this sort of sense of, you know, revenge when, you know, you get to play Coachella and people are super excited and they fucking throw money at you. You're like, oh, that's kind of crazy. But our ambition as a band was never to become this sort of, you know, arena rock band that we are today. That was never really part of the plan. We just wanted to create good music and put out some good ideas. And, you know, as you do that, you hope that people will catch on. But I don't think in the back of our minds, we would never say that, oh, yeah, we're going to headline all these festivals. We're going to play, you know, sell a Terminal 5 in New York two nights in a row. I don't think that was a part of the agenda at all, actually. No, but you guys were definitely trying to start a movement. Yeah. I mean, I've always been interested in movements uh, up until like 1997. I think when we toured, actually 1996, because we were that, you know, the idealistic, anarchistic, 
vegan straight edge band from Sweden. And we went to America to tour in 1996 with Snapcase. And it was like the hugest disappointment. Like, cause we were like radicals. We were anarchists. And all the straight edge kids that we met, they were just like, they were pretty conservative guys. They were like bros. And they were just not interested in politics. And the political people met, they hated our band because we were on Victory Records and we were way too metal for their punk taste. So <laughs> when we came home from that tour, we were just like, fuck this. Like, let's just not abide to scene anymore. Let's just be our own individuals. And that's, Naming the record Shape of Punk to Come was like an attempt to be like, fuck that, you know, like, let's just do our own thing. And then, you know, you know, that's, that's what we wanted to do. It wasn't an attempt. It was a big middle finger is what it was. <laughs> it's like, by the way, punks, yeah, screw I mean, you guys. It, yeah, that, that's what it was. That was like, a, like, fuck you. Like, we don't, because yeah. we felt, especially in America, that we didn't belong. Like, we didn't mm. belong to this, like, the straight edge kind of jock esque sort of hardcore scene and we didn't belong to the political like really underground also slightly narrow-minded scene because of the music that we we're putting out and coming from europe we have a different political tradition we have a different tradition of like you know how bands operate and yeah, that was kind of an eye-opener to come to to the states and be like oh shit this kind of sucks you know this is not at all what we expected so i mean when refuse broke up i started international noise conspiracy the whole agenda was like we're not going to be part of a scene ever. We're just going to be our own band. And then, you know, and that's what we've been trying to do ever since, you know? Yeah. Cause I think about it and, and like right around that time was when I guess, uh, cause everybody says that, you know, true hardcore died in 1983 or whatever, you know, but, but that was the whole, I guess, <laughs> uh, the New York hardcore thing and like sick of it all. And, uh, a lot of those bands that were doing exactly what you're saying, kind of the more, the more bro side of things where it was about, uh, your personal standing up for yourself and uh, a lot more introspective type things instead of political ideas, which is what hardcore was to begin with. Yeah. And I I mean, also one of the things that we kind of realized that we're not a tough bunch of guys, you know, so (laughs) what, what, you know, but honestly, because when hardcore became, it didn't become mainstream, but, but MTV started showing like sick of it all and biohazard and, and, uh, Mad ball, that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, I like some of that stuff. I I, I generally do. I mean, we hung out with Sick of It All just the other night. It was fantastic. But we weren't tough guys. We weren't like New York tough guys. We're skinny, scrawny, slightly feminine Swedish people. (laughs) And so we couldn't really relate to that whole, like, let's take my shirt off and have a cap on my head and be like, fuck yeah, brotherhood for life. I'm like, I can't really relate to that. And uh, so that also became very, very obvious when we toured the States and we started to play with all these bands. And we were just like a different breed of of people. And uh, we were very politically conscious. We were very, you know, as I said, we were a bunch of feminine dude. And we couldn't really relate to that whole, that whole hardcore scene that much. And then we made Punk to Come as a sort of attempt to sort of break free. Because that's one of the things like... Going back to the first question you asked, it's like the, the punk and hardcore scene always want to define who you are. And it's, it's one of those things where we always talk in the hardcore scene about, like, be true to yourself. And then when someone's actually true to himself, they're like, he stabbed me in the back. And that's just like <laughs> kind of a, the way the hardcore scene works. And we never that, like, the rules and regulations of punk or hardcore, we, we didn't like that. When I got into punk, for me, that was like, 
That was like, anything is possible. It's not a, a set agenda. It's like, anything is possible. And I think that, that's, that was in the back of our minds when we did Shape of Point to Come. Definitely in the back of our minds when, when we were freedom, which is like, anything is possible. Anything we want to try, we can try. Well, and not everything well, both, of that ended up on the record, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, both Refused and International Noise Conspiracy are, I mean, now considered absolute legends of the genre, of legends of music. I mean, these are, so few musicians can claim two brands that would be considered as, as big and as awesome as it gets. And so I guess my question for you is that you figured out the formula. What is the formula that, that, that has made both of these things that you've done so important to so many people? I think, uh, I mean, if I had a formula that was actually a real formula, I would write a book about it, and then that would be, I don't have to do anything more than that. But <laughs> I think, first of all, it's always been hard work. I'm a hard-working guy, you know, I like, for the past, you know, since I started touring, I released some, like, 25 full-length records. I I played more than 2,000 shows. It's it's hard work. And, I mean, Noise Conspiracy is definitely a hard-working band, and Refused always been a very ambitious, hard-working band. And I think the second thing is, you know, you need to formulate your own identity and what you want to do with life. I mean, it's easy to copy. It's easy to be, like... I'm, we're going to start a band that sounds like this. But it's it's harder to sort of figure out what you actually want to communicate and what you want to do. And I think that's that's the thing, like, you know, Noise Conspiracy, it always takes a little bit to, to sort of find your footing and be, become the band that you want to become. It takes a record or two. And I think once you have that, and then just work hard. I mean, just try to find your own thing and then work hard. I think that's that's been my formula, you know? Has your politics, have your politics shifted or evolved at all over the years? Yeah, of course. I mean, when you're, when you're a young kid, there's a whole lot of screaming and hollering, you know. There's a whole lot of just, we just want to make noise and go crazy. And then as you grow older, you, uh, you see the world quite differently. And you see the world, you know, you see these structures more clearly. And um, if anything, I think that, that life made me more radical. But maybe not in the sort of like I, I need to scream about it at all times kind of thing. But it made me more radical. But it also, as I said earlier, it made me sort of pick my battles and it made me sort of a bit more focused about it. And I'm, but you know, of course, uh, certain standpoints change because because you get exposed to shit and you see shit and you're like, oh yeah, maybe I was wrong about that. I mean, being a loudmouth that I am, <laughs> you say a lot of shit and you don't really think it through. And then I'm always open for, for change, you know, but I'm that, I'm that type of guy. Like, I always have a fucking opinion about everything. And then sometimes people tell me, you were absolutely wrong. And I'm like, yes, I was wrong. I am sorry. So, I mean, you know, you do change a little bit. Well, except now, <laughs> okay. you, now you can actually say, I was wrong, versus when you're 20, you can't say you're wrong ever. No, 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 you can yeah, never. Right? That, that, that's like a sign of defeat, you know. But now I can be like... I was wrong. I'm sorry. I was the asshole. I mean, that, that's, I think that's the important thing to grow as a person and be like, why, you know, you're not always right. And I think that's the thing, too. Like, when, when you were young, when we were younger, one of the things that we did, because uh, when you're a political person and you, you see yourself as one of the enlightened ones, you're standing on hollowed ground, you're pointing the finger at everyone, it's like, 
those guys are fucked up. That's fucked up. That corporation's fucked up. As you grow older, a lot of it's like the war against the world also become internalized. And you kind of see your own, your own faults and your own, like, why you are also a problem. And I think that's an important thing to do, to look at yourself and see how much of these problems you know, am I a part of and what can I do to make that better in myself? So it's like just a lot of uh, existential soul searching has been done. And we hear a lot of that on the new record. Yeah, I think so. I mean, one of the things that we did early on was me and David, we sat down and talked about stuff, like everything talked about existential issues. We talked about politics. We talked about ideas and ideology, current affairs, and we wrote down notes and those notes became lyrics and so there's a lot of i mean you know as an artist you are driven by existential angst pretty much every day it's kind of (laughs) bullshit because most people don't have the time for that and that's kind of all i do i wake up and i think about life and the structures and why do i talk this weird way and how come i think like this and then i just ponder that all day and then you try to formulate that into a song it's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'd vote for you. Yeah. Are you going to Are you going to well, run for office? No, because I'm not. Because that's the thing. Like art creates a certain freedom. It creates like you know you you can have this. Uh, you can exaggerate and you can fucking say shit that you as like you, you kind of mean it, but you're really stretching it. And and anytime you become a politician, it's you have to be reasonable, and you have to sort of compromise. <laughs> and I'm not a very compromising person. I'm not. I'm not interested in politics in that way. I'm more interested in politics as sort of a, a approach to life and sort of ideas. And and I think that on this record, I mean, it's it's much more that we we're throwing ideas out there than than answers. Because if I had the fucking answers to the refugee crisis of the Mediterranean, we would not be talking to the Medal of Sucks. Part. I would, <laughs> oh, come on. You know, be at the Nobel, I, I would be at the Nobel Peace Prize dinner accepting some fucking award or something. No, let's figure it, Dennis, let's figure it out and we can go to the Peace Prize process together. <laughs> that, that would be awesome. I mean, I wish, I'm, I don't think I'm smart enough, you know, and I'm not no. interested in politics in that way and, I'm, and I think that it's like, that's the beauty of being an artist. You can exaggerate. You can say shit that politicians or journalists or academia people can't say. Because you like, you can see it and you're like, I can say this because I'm a punk. You know, I can, I can say whatever I want. And it can be uncomfortable. And it can be a bit weird. And it can be out of control. But I, that's my, like, you know, that's my way of expressing it. So I'm not really interested in politics that way. Hopefully, if nothing else, you know, somebody out there hears what you're saying and is able to become that guy that solves those problems. You know, the, you raise that, that would a, be fantastic. You know what I mean? They ra- you raise that awareness about those things, and, and it gets those people excited about it and makes them go and do things. Because, you know, if you can't do it yourself, hopefully you can inspire people yeah. to do it. I mean, that's always how I've seen music. Like, i always seen it not me so much like the guy that's on the front line. i always seen myself as when the re- revolution comes to town, will be that band that's standing on the side of the road playing awesome songs and get people pumped. I always thought more like that. And the cool thing about the whole 90s scene in my hometown, I even live in a small town, I still live here, was that so many people that were hardcore and punk kids, they're now t 
teachers at the university. They're journalists. They're mm -hmm. lawyers. And they actually took the, the shit that we talked about when we were young punks and ran with it and actually, you know, making important stuff in life. I mean, I'm still just, I still just play music, but a lot of my friends, they're, they're doing amazing things with what we did together, you know, as young punks. And that, I think that's fantastic. Yeah, but it's the equivalent of the next president of Sweden wearing a Refuse t-shirt. You know, that's what you're after. Well, yeah, and, and you can't sell yourself short in that in that respect. It sounds like you're not exactly. giving yourself a lot of credit there. It's like, well, that's yeah. the, that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, but it, it it's a cultural thing. We're from the north of Sweden. It's it's very ingrained in our in our bodies that you're never you're not supposed to be big on yourself, you know. And uh -huh. and you know. <laughs> well, the, 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 but you guys have all if, if the Swedish if the Swedish president would wear a refuse shirt, I would be that's exciting, and then we'll get rid of the president. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I would figure that, like, all right, so you guys all sort of grew up together, same town, the whole thing. You know, when you're 18, 17 years old, your ideas politically, sociologically, everything can be pretty well aligned, but you guys went in total different directions for two decades are your ideas still in line or do you guys have to use that you know a little bit of patience and you know sort of uh, understanding with each other well we one of the things that we talked about quite early on is that everybody doesn't have to agree on everything i think that's one of the things also mistake you make when you're young it's like you have this gang mentality and then when one guy says but I do like Van Morrison. I mean, you have to fire him from the band. And that's when you're older, you don't have to. <laughs> no, that Georgie you know Fame I mean? record he did is really good. Yeah, but I, I like Van Morrison. Morrison but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but now when we're older, I mean, we, me and David, we write a lot of the lyrics together. We don't agree on everything. We actually disagree on a lot of stuff. But I also think it makes it, more interesting it makes it more powerful when we do come to terms and hear something that we do believe in i mean i think we have the same i mean we're, we're pretty similar in a lot of aspects in our sort of political outlook but then we're very different in the type of people that we are and there's a lot of issues that we don't agree and i mean magnus our base player he's just like yeah i don't really know you guys are like a bit crazy he's like the normal guy <laughs> of the band he's like the guy that well i mean me david and chris we never had real jobs We'd just been like artists, people, you know, and we just worked with music and art and stuff. Magnus, he was the guy that left the band in 1995, and for eight, 17 years, he was just like dad, you know. Raised two kids, became a computer programmer, raised a family, and then he, for some reason or another, he was back in Refuse. And so he's, he's the guy that lived like the normal life. And, and his whole take on this is just like, I just want to ride this thing along and see where you crazy people are going to take us. So He's just trying to convince his teenage kids that he's cool. That's all that that's. Yeah. About. Well, he, I think his kids are still like only like eight or six. And, and I uh, unfortunately way more impressed by me than him. <laughs> <laughs> well, are you, so, so are you, as, a, as an atheist, I found like, I think it's like two or three songs on the new album, which I we haven't told you yet, in case you didn't know, is 
the greatest album of the year it's such a fantastic amazing to me it's it's like something completely new i know it's refused but this is an album i'm going to listen to for the rest of my life thank you very much for that there are two or three songs on this album that are like are like um seem to be discussing uh Politics in terms of theism and atheism, atheism. Is that is that? Am I interpreting that right? Yes, you're. I mean, if you look at my my history with noise conspiracy, and I have a band called Invasion. I always talk about religion because it's such an like it's such a huge part of our social fabric, and it's such a huge part of uh, our morals and the way we view the world is so colored by religion. And one of the things for me, it's always like, especially on the new record, we have a song, Dawkins Christ, and we have a song, Thought is Blood, where we also talk about religion and our need to invent religion because we we need it somehow. Yeah. And uh, for me, it's like, it's tough being an atheist because you believe in nothing. That's basically what it is. And uh, I see my friends that are religious, and they have this comfort and this weird, like, relationship and they're like oh you know i'm comforted by by religion i'm comforted by being a part of something bigger than i am i mean i always strive for that i mean looking at like politics or music you always strive for something bigger than yourself but at the end of the day you're believing nothing as far as like you know when 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 it's time to die yeah that's it it's gone you're gone that's it and um uh, as an existential person as an intelligent person i struggle a lot with that and I like to write about it because it's such an it's an interesting phenomenon that we need religion and me being an atheist I'm quite jealous of people that are religious but I'm also I think religion in itself is pretty utterly stupid but then again atheism is kind of boring so I struggle with it <laughs> I mean, you can tell in, in, but, but you know what I mean it's, that's kind of why I feel and, and um, I like to write about that I think it's it's uh, it's an interesting when you, topic, and it, it. When you say yeah. you're struggling, is that is that are you struggling? Like, uh, is that something that depresses you? But at times, I mean, that's what I said. I wake up every day and I think about this shit. It depresses me a lot. No, <laughs> but, no, no, maybe not that much. But it, it, as I said, I think it's more of a jealousy. It's more of a you view the world, and it's a very abstract, fragmented, scary type of world, and. And it, it bugs me when someone comes and like, yeah, I have the answers. I'm like, that's that's kind of bullshit. But then again, you're a bit jealous because you're always looking for the answers. You're always looking for something to make sense of this mess. You know, the people who say that they're it's not like they're lying to themselves in their head. They really believe that that's what it is, and exactly. that's sort of what makes that makes them able to relax. And <laughs> and it's uh, yeah, yeah, totally. and it's never been able to do that. You know, that's just such a weird. Uh, just a weird concept. Yeah, I mean, I, it is a super weird concept. But then, I mean, then when I hear music, and sometimes when you play music and you hear really powerful music, you know, you go to a show sometimes and you watch a band play and you forget about time, you forget about space, and you sort of transcend into right. something different. And all of a sudden the band stops playing, you're like, holy shit, the show's over. It's been like an hour and a half and you didn't even notice it. And I think that's... For me, always, I mean, that's why I love to play live, because in my mind, that's as close as I'm going to get to God, if that makes sense. Like, that, that show where you're just like, you're, 
you look at the set list, you're like, it's the first song, you go into it, and you look down again, and you're like, okay, the show's over. And and you were just sort of in almost a blank state. I think that's that's as close as I'm going to get to God, and I think maybe that's also why I love to play live as much as I do. That's interesting, because as a fan, I have a, you know, I always feel like I have a similar type of reaction to really great live performance in the same way that somebody else might have that reaction in a pew, you know, where they feel like, oh, no, I've been totally touched by God, and they get the shivers and the chills down the spine, the whole thing, and I can't relate to that at all, but I can relate to it, you know, live footage of new noise, you know what I mean? It's like... (laughs) Yeah, I, yeah. That that to me is like uh, I'll do that every Sunday. Where's the basket? You know, yeah, like no, sex no, totally. for me. Yeah, you know. yeah. And, and and I think that's what it is. I think we're all looking for that connection. And I mean, we're looking for those chills. We're looking for that transcendent moment in life. And for us, it was music. I mean, music is what makes it you know worth it somehow. And and I think we're still looking for that. And I mean, I totally agree. You go see bands and and. Uh, you can leave the venue and you're euphoric. You you yeah. you like holy shit! This is how I want to feel every day of life, and it's quite impressive that music can have that effect on you. If that's all there is, isn't what? that okay? No, it is. It is okay. I mean, you know, it's, I think it's just like being a a person that thinks a lot. You know, because you, you, sometimes too. I mean, I have what I call normalcy crisis. I mean, I, as I said, I. I'm a lot, I mean, I don't have any TV channels. I, I, I select all my inputs. I'm very, like, eclectic in what I listen to when I read. And then sometimes I'll see friends my own age, and I'm like, wait, what am I doing here? I'm collecting punk rock seven inches, and I play in a weird <laughs> band. I, I don't have a girlfriend. I don't have a family. I have a cat. I'm like, holy crap, I'm insane. And then it passes, because music... And the life I live is pretty awesome at the end of the day.
record is out from refused and that song probably one of uh, I, th- I think that's either what i don't want to say it's the best song uh, but because i don't think it's i don't think there is a best song on this album so far thought is blood is the name of the song from refused on the metal sucks podcast but it's one of my personal favorites oh me too me too and it, it, you know i'm not a lyric guy but i, I actually asked the label for the lyrics ahead of time because uh, I just, I, you know, I just, you just get a feeling, you know, you get, mm. when you're, li- you're hearing something that oh, he's trying to say something here. Whatever. You, know? you saw I, Dawkins Christ and was like, oh, godless. Yes, I need to, I need to look at oh, that. What's that, that about? That, yeah, I was worried that he had, he had an issue with Dawkins, you know, and everybody's got an issue with Dawkins. What are you going to do? Richard Dawkins, the, uh, 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 what is he, uh, biologist from, uh, yeah. from England. But, you know, but, you know, Dawkins has got, for the most part, for the most part, what he has to say is very important, and he's been inspirational to a lot of people. And you know, there's, a, you know, he's a flawed human like everybody else. What are you going to do? And it's just, ugh. Uh, I'm not going to, you know, say that everything he says is right or that everything he says is wrong. I'm nor am I going to take the things that he's been wrong about and go. Well, therefore, everything he's ever said is invalid. Mm. I don't think that that's correct either. And, See, this, and, is, this is what I've done. I've just got you started on a whole thing, and yeah, he <laughs> yeah. started wormholing, man. Yeah. Oh, sorry about that. It's but okay. Yeah, it turns out that, that that that's not what he's doing either. I know. You know. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. It, exactly. And that's a that that's why it's you know. I, but that's exact. When I read that and I saw that you were asking for the lyrics, that's exactly what I was thinking. I was like, I wonder if he's like trying to figure out whether or not he's like <laughs> giving up atheism and trying to come back to Christ or something. <laughs> shit like is he trying to bring that son of a bitch like i can tell i just totally saw the what was going on in your head i was like that's that's fun that's good stuff but man this new record if you have uh, if you get a chance check out the new refused i think you're going to be uh somewhat impressed if, if yeah, not. metal punk i don't give a shit it's the freaking best album of the year so far it's uh and it's pro- probably will be pretty damn brilliant it's going to be up there it's definitely top five uh yeah. so far oh, for me and, and speaking of great lyric bands that I didn't include on my top 10 of the year so far, but probably will make it to my end of the year list, is the new Ken Mode, man. I hadn't heard it but when I made the list, but that freaking Ken Mode album is so awesome. Mm. Oh, so good. Mm. Uh, so that that's another one everybody's got to check Success? out. Success? I don't know. Is, is it out yeah. yet? 
I think so. I think I it, think came it out finally last week. just came out. I think that was the yeah. thing is that it was one of those that was on my list but wasn't out yet. So I was yeah. I was trying to by the day I said rules, man. They're fucking rules, man. God damn it! <laughs> I tell you what, when you're doing these things, you gotta abide by the rules. Trust me, I try to put uh, I try to put rules and. Uh, boundaries on everything so it's like well no this is this is the way it is i i, I think there's like all these hidden rules to stuff and apparently there's just not <laughs> i feel a little bit like uh is it john goodman's character in big lebowski rules who gives that shit about the rules you over know, the line like- you're over the line god damn it <laughs> Market is zero. Market zero. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Exactly. Don't pull a gun on anybody though. All right. Please no. Uh, uh, let's see. Make sure you're subscribed to uh, us on iTunes and uh, Stitcher and all those places. Look for Metal Sucks Podcast, and you will find us. You can search it. You can find it. You can leave us a couple stars. Maybe write us a review. Um, you know, pass it on. You know, share the link. That sort of thing. You can do it on Twitter. I'm at Bearded Ape on Twitter. I'm at godless speaks and godlessspeaks.com so feel free to find us and uh give us some hell about some different stuff we've gotten uh we got a lot of hell about last week's episode so that's always good <laughs> actually it's a hey, lot of fun and don't forget 24 7 metal streaming through your internet at nocontrolradio.com yeah, at no control radio on twitter if you want to find it go there so you go do that and uh check us out every monday of course at metalsucks.net Till next week, I'm Chuck. I'm Godless. And this is another episode of the Metal Sucks Podcast. <laughs> <laughs>